0: So we really developed a professional development training coaching approach when we're with engaged schools, programs, individuals. But again, we really make sure that we're working with people that are doing this because they really believe in it and not necessarily because someone told them that it's what they should be doing.
1: Welcome to Learning Unboxed, a conversation about teaching, learning, and the future of work. I'm your host and chief goddess of the PASS Foundation, Annalise Corbin. We know the current model for education is obsolete. It was designed to create fleets of assembly line workers, not the thinkers and problem solvers needed today. We've seen the innovations that are possible within education, and it's our goal to leave the box behind and reimagine what education can look like in your own backyard. So welcome to today's episode. As always, we are super excited about the conversation that we are about to have, and today we are going to be talking about a really innovative program that is working super hard to try to bring SEL, social emotional learning, into sort of the forefront of our thinking um, as we are talking about um, school transformation work. And so joining us today is Bridget Laird, who is the executive officer for an organization called Wings for Kids. So Bridget, welcome to the program.
0: Thank you.
1: Nice to be here. Excellent. And I want to start out sort of high level, helping folks sort of understand what this organization is, Wings for Kids, and just to sort of set some of the stage, you're leading the charge to bring that social and emotional skills development in particular to kids in elementary schools and working towards really sort of making this a forefront concern that we have. And you know, actually, today more than ever, we need this. Exactly. So give us just a little bit a sort of about the origin story, if you will. So set the context for us for why this organization and, and you know, why when it got started, because you're not the founder. Um, so yep. so share with us a little bit about sort of the thinking about the, the crafting of this, because it's been around actually for a little while now.
0: Yeah, so we're actually 25 years old. And we were founded, our founder found herself in a place in her life where she felt like she was missing something. She had a great career. She was making good money. She felt success. But there was something on the personal side that she was missing. She wasn't having trust in relationships. She felt like her empathy skills were off and she was struggling a bit. And at that time, the book Emotional Intelligence by Dan Goldman came out. So she looked at that book and she was like, you know what? This is what I'm missing. This emotional intelligence piece. So she founded WINGS to get kids those skills before they were teenagers. So they didn't end up like her. She was, you know, 45 years old, kind of struggling. And she said, I'd like to get kids these skills by the time they're teenagers. So the original mission statement was so that kids could live more joyfully, powerfully and responsibly. And we really haven't gotten far off of that. No,
1: that's a beautiful thing, right? Right. Like,
0: yeah, how not? Um, And so at the time, social and emotional learning really wasn't a thing for kids. It had just kind of started and people knew a little bit about it. But I started um, just two years in, so I'm coming up on 24 years. And when I joined, I literally remember the first grant we wrote and we didn't get it. And at the top of the page in red ink. It said, who cares how a child feels about themselves if they can't read or write? So My there was goodness. no connection yeah. to that side. So, you know, 25 years later, clearly social and emotional learning is in the forefront. But what we've had a chance to do is take that time to build a comprehensive program and do the research behind it so that we really are in a place now, 25 years later, when people are talking about it, where we can say, we have a great program. We have great statistics, and we can help this momentum grow throughout the and country. We, and really. we have a
1: track record, right? Your, to your point, yeah. you know, we're twenty some odd years in. We actually understand the ins yeah, and outs of, sort of dealing with all of this, right? Right. Yeah.
0: And actually, so we started an after school programs, and the reason that we started an after school, well, we, our very first was camp, and we did that for two summers right before I got there. And we said, you know, one week's just not long enough. And we decided we needed to reach kids every day. And that's when we decided after school, you know, in school, it's really hard to start innovative, creative things. You know, you have a lot working against you trying to get into a classroom. So after school gave that space to be creative. Uh, to develop our own program, to have a training program, also to do evaluation. You know, it's a lot easier to do an evaluation in after school. So we took that. And really, the only reason we ended up in low income schools, because we're in low income elementary schools, is because kids needed after school programming more. It wasn't necessarily that low income kids need social and emotional learning more, it's just that. It was a twofer. We had a great safe place to call home after school. And then we brought in the social and emotional learning
1: piece. Right. So, so share with our listeners then a little bit about how the work itself happens. So so talk with us a little bit about the nuts and bolts of the program, because the reality is right now in a post-pandemic world, everybody's talking about this. And quite frankly, you know, it's about time. Those of us that have been in this business for a long time, especially around transformation and innovation, we understand that this goes hand in hand with all student learning, that this whole child sort of thinking and although folks are starting to have the conversation, it seems to have sudden sense of urgency that for a whole host of unfortunate reasons we didn't have prior to this. So now everybody's out there looking, you know, full disclosure and honesty, everybody wants a program that's already working. They don't want to have to reinvent the wheel. And fortunately, they're looking for such things. So share with our listeners about exactly sort of how um, Wings for Kids works.
0: yeah. So we have a lot of different pathways now, but our original sort of flagship program is our after-school program. And we run that in a Title I elementary school, and it's three hours a day, five days a week. And we took all this time to develop it. And if you're looking from the outside, it would just be a fun, engaging after-school program. But what we've done is we found ways to weave social and emotional learning throughout the day. And we do that in a couple of ways. We train the staff so they get like 40 hours of training before they ever walk in. So we think it's really important for the adults to understand what social and emotional learning is, be in touch with their own social and emotional skills, and then learn how to then bring it to the kids. So there's a training component. And then the actual curriculum is woven in through a variety of different lessons around the five competencies. And the five competencies, self-awareness, self-management, relationship skills, social social awareness, and responsible decision-making. So we have objectives for each of those, but then we have what we call our words to live by, which are those five competencies broken down into kid language. And it's a five stanza sort of poem that the kids say every day. And then we use it to bring in our teaching through every aspect of the program. So, for example, for um, self-management, we teach kids how to focus inward and we, you know, limit distractions and we use something called our three E's, your eyes, your ears and your energy. So if you're in the after school program, you can use that a lot, right? You're on the basketball court, you're at the foul line, (laughs) you're like, you know, your eyes are on the hoop, your eyes aren't looking around to see what your friends are doing. Your energy isn't on yelling at the referee for not making enough good calls. Your energy is on like following through, right? Let's follow through. And your ears are blocking out. Probably people are saying, miss it, miss it, because that's how basketball is. So that's just one thing you can bring in. Then you might bring it in at homework time. Your eyes are on your paper. Your ears are blocking out your friend. You know, can I get that answer? What are you doing? What are you doing? And your energy is on like doing the homework, not bouncing your pencil up and down. So there's a variety of different, we have, you know, 40 to 50 little things like that, that we bring into the actual day. And we have components, it's very organized. It's like a 30 minute community unity where everyone's together. And then we have choice times, which are like activities and then academic time. So we've built that and we did a full randomized control trial on that program. So we did with the University of Virginia, full, you know, a whole gamut. I mean, it's not easy to do evaluation like that, and found that we had evidence. So once we built that and had the evidence, we were able to pull out the pieces from a fidelity study to say what pieces of this program can then we pass to other places. So we've been able to deliver in-school programs as well and partnerships across the country. And then we also have a very large partnership with Discovery Education where they've taken a lot of our stuff, put it into digital format, and then we disperse it to teachers for free. So it's all built on that model of bringing SEL into fun, engaging stuff in an easy way. Because, you know, no one has time to, especially teachers, if you're talking about the classroom now, there's so much pressure and, you know, demands on the teacher. You don't want something that's hard. It's easy. You just bring it in and it's a natural piece of the day.
1: Right. And, really. and it's also wonderful too, that you've figured out a way to make it this accessible. So the notion that this is free for a teacher that wants it, or that there's a whole host of right. other yeah. ways that uh, that schools, that teachers and school programs can get access to something that's research-based, right? And we know that it works and it's got full fidelity. That's, that's huge. And you don't see that every right. day when new programs quite frankly, show up in the ecosystem.
0: Right. And, that, and I think that's because it's been our mission from day one, right? So we are social and emotional learning and that's what we live to do. So it's not necessarily like a little box that we're trying to check. It's literally what we care about. So we want to make sure we can get to as many kids because if not, well, why do we exist if that's
1: not, you know, well, so we let's not talk about that damage. just a little bit. We'll get into this a little bit more the nuts and bolts, but I know that one of the things that our listeners are curious about is, given all of that, then how how are you funded? How do you do this work and make it yep. available for free to the people who need it the most?
0: Yeah, so we have a pretty diverse funding stream. We receive about sixty percent public funding, so in a variety of different sources within that. Then about thirty percent foundations. And those are local and national. And also within that is corporate foundations. So a little bit of corporate in there. And then about 10% individuals. And we are able, because of that diverse pot, we can, it, it's not easy to kind of right. try and figure yeah. out the budget every year and, you know, figure that all out. But we can do it in a way that we can provide stuff mm-hmm. for free.
1: Yeah. You no, know, and, and that's it, a it, fabulous it, it's thing It's a lot of coming together. Always, yeah.
0: A lot of strategic thinking and a lot of coming together. But really, you know, that's um, the way it happens. Now, Every and year, I understand that. I, I look, look that, for right?
1: You know, managing <laughs> a nonprofit, I understand all of these components. So um, uh, but I'm super thrilled to hear that you've been able to figure that out. So let's talk a little bit now that we've been able to set that aside, because I just knew I could see everybody sort of, you know, in the ethos, their heads spinning. How do they do that? Um, So I wanted to get that out of the way. But let's talk a little bit then about some of the nuts and bolts. So, you know, when you think about the opportunity for teachers or schools to be able to adapt this program, again, research-based, high fidelity, can't stress enough that if you're going to choose something, choose something that has all of those components um, that they will put out there for you to, to sort of see the fidelity of the work that's happening so how do you then ensure when this work passes into, for example, a classroom teacher that wants to take this on, that they themselves have the fidelity necessary to deliver the program? So let's talk about the, the the professional development or the training component, I guess, a little bit.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I think that's what's really important. WINGS has always been about making sure that fidelity is at the top of the radar and a top priority. and. So we've made a decision that when we partner, when we work with teachers and groups, we partner with people that really want to do this. Like this is something that is of their interest and not somebody that said, you know, you should do this, not a grant where you're checking a box. And I think that's first and foremost. And once you get individuals that are engaged like that, we really coach in a way that helps guide the process. And it took a long time. So again, we're 25 years old, up in our 24. And we at first thought to ourselves, we do it right. And this is how we do it. And if everybody doesn't do it this way, then, you know, we're not able to work with you. Then we realized, like, this was really about nine years ago. You know what, we have so much to offer. And there are a lot of different ways to do things. So we reevaluated and came back and that's where the professional development training really became a very important piece because it's the adults that it starts with, right? We all know, again, if the adults understand it, if they know their own social emotional skills, it's gonna do a much better job of getting down to the kids. So we really developed a professional development training coaching approach when we're with engaged schools, programs, individuals. But again, we really make sure that We're working with people that are doing this because they really believe in it and not necessarily because someone told them that it's what they should be doing.
1: Right, right. A hundred percent. and it makes all the difference in the world. So then let's talk a little bit then about the student perspective. So so what is it that you hear from or what does the student experience um, when they are um, within the wings for kids program. So so share with us a little bit of some of those pieces. Yeah, I mean a
0: kid's going to say I have so much fun in wings. I love wings. I love the adults that I'm with. I want to go back. They, you know, and I think that's important for anything. Kids have to like it. I mean, we've gotten to a point where sometimes we forget like kids are kids. You're only a kid for so long. It's fun to be a kid, right? And so if you were to ask a kid how they felt. They'd say it was fun and engaging. And a lot of it would be about the environment that's created. I feel like I can trust the adults that are there. I feel like I can make mistakes and have people support me rather than make fun of me. I feel like I can be myself. You know, I know my strengths. I know my weaknesses and I'm willing to put it all out there because the group that I'm with has empathy for me. So it's a very supportive, trusting environment that's just fun and engaging and honestly sometimes crazy. I mean, we just do crazy fun stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's nothing wrong with crazy and fun. So I'm super curious then, because you you had mentioned that there's a curriculum. There's there's this program that sort of runs with that. So so it does the curriculum adapt itself to the content or the context of the particular after school or in school program? Or does the curriculum drive the program elements itself? So we can
0: adapt. So we have, again, the five competencies, and then we have a learning objective. We have several learning objectives under each. And then we have teaching tips. And we find a way for however the program or classroom is working to integrate that curriculum in a way that's useful for that environment. Rather than um, having a curriculum that's in a box that's like, this is what you do, this is week one, this is week two. Um, so we are kind of uh, adaptable in that way.
1: Mm-hmm. No, and then that that makes for a greater success, right? Because one size does not fit all. We are not all the same. The right. environment, the community, the place, you know, all of those factors. Um, again, playing, and honestly, we learned it. We did
0: try the other way. And again, this is 10, 11 years ago. And it was like, this is the way it is. And we, you know, it's almost like um, running a Chick-fil-A, right? Fries are exactly this way. And you have to you know, have the. But we learned, like, guess what? Like,
1: you can adapt and still have great outcomes for kids. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, absolutely. So uh, I would assume over the course of the 24 some odd years here that there's been not just a lot of those sorts of things that, that you've learned that made you think about the way you're going to modify the program or or, or enhance um, the program elements. But I would assume that somewhere along the way, there were some, some aha, some things that you were like completely shocked by. Could you share some of those? Those things with with our listeners, yeah. I mean, I think one of the
0: ahas was how important the adults were because we always had great adults working for Wings, and when we did our randomized control trial, we really it shined the light on how important it was for the adult to first buy in and for the adult to be stable mentor delivering the program in the way. That we wanted it to. And, you know, it showed an outcome. So when our randomized control trial, and it showed kids did better academically, they had better behavior, they developed social and emotional skills, especially executive function. And we were finding that one of the key components was that adult relationship. So that was definitely an aha moment. Um, and I also think another aha moment was that piece of like figuring out you can integrate this into any environment and it was kind of the first program that ever came to us that said help us out and we sort of sat there and said I mean what would it look like if it wasn't necessarily us on the ground how can we do this and finding that we can have some of the same outcomes there that was a, a great uh, mm-hmm. moment.
1: Yeah, no, I can I can absolutely imagine and just sort of from my own work um, and experience with past, some similar things that, you know, if we can figure out the fidelity around the foundational components of the program and we can train others to deliver the foundational components um, with, with their own flavor, their own ecosystem, their own inputs from their local environment, that they can be extremely successful. But it's right. not the way that we... Um, Collectively, I think have been trained to think about how you take your idea, your product, and you you sort of put it to market. It's it's not right. really the way the world of business and industry would have you think about you the that you deliver X, Y, or Z, right? Exactly, and I think that's the piece that you really have to be adaptable
0: with and understand that when you're talking about kids and kids' lives, that. There's so many differences. There's so many different scenarios and environments and things that you need to adapt to. And if you're looking for true change and you're looking for true impact with kids, that's very different than again taking a product to market of you know a new pen or you know a new car. Um, You're not necessarily looking for life changing outcomes with that. But when you're talking about life changing outcomes, you need to change your strategy a little yeah. bit
1: <laughs> yeah absolutely 100 percent. so how do how do teacher schools or after school informal education programs who would like to be able to incorporate um more sel into work they're doing in particular wings with kids programming how do how do folks get access to that so i'm in the u.s i'm in other parts of the world how do i approach this yeah, I mean, honestly, with Wings, we, we have a
0: uh, on our website, which is easy. It's just wingsforkids.org. And there's a, a bar on there that is learn more about becoming, you know, getting more involved with work. And that's got kind of the first step if you really, truly wanted to get involved with partnering with Wings, because then we have like a real conversation. It's not like, you know, um, some survey or something. It's like, we'll call you up and say, let's talk about what you want. Um, and then the free stuff, which you can kind of get a light touch, um, exists on another website and that's soarwithwings.com S O A R with wings.com. And that's the partnership with discovery education that has all that free stuff. And those are videos, you know, 25 minute virtual field trip, which if anybody wanted the first thing that they wanted to start with in a classroom or in a program, this 25 minute virtual field trip has no adult speaking at all. Some adults on camera, just for the sake of showing. And it is our program in North Charleston, South Carolina, which is one of our locations. And the kids, they are in a WINGS program and they walk you through essentially how they learn social and emotional learning. And you put that, you show that to the kids in the program or the classroom, and it provides the anchor to then teach those lessons throughout the whole year, the whole day, the whole week, whatever it is you're trying to do. That in itself, could be life-changing for our classroom. I mean, and, and again, it's free. And then it kind of provides an idea of some of the ways that we teach. And you can kind of go from there.
1: I love the fact that it's student-led, right? And that the yeah. agency, um, that the kids, you know, being able to tell the story of their own journey through all of this. right? And, you know, that near-peer mentoring, you can't beat it. At, at, across you know, a wide age brand, kids get that. They're like, ah, this exactly. is a kid talking to me, not an adult talking to me in this video. Right. So it's meaningful. And it's not scripted either, which a lot of people are like, you know, how long did that take you? And I'm like, listen, we didn't give the
0: kids anything. We just said, talk. you know, they asked some questions, you know, what'd you learn today? And so
1: that's what's so cool. It's very natural. Yeah, I love that about that. And I, I've been on the website. I took a look at it. So that was a lot of fun. So, you know, I also always want to think about and be super mindful as we have these conversations, you know, as people are anticipating not just what's coming, but what can I do with something that I didn't think about? And I always always like to toss that question back at my guests in the sense of saying, you've done this amazing thing and it's working and it's super cool and we love the fact that you're able to share that with the world, but what are you thinking about next? Because what I have found is, you know, um, the, the programs that we tend to highlight on this program, they're super innovative because they've got innovative people wrapped around them, right, and immersed inside of them. And innovative people are always thinking about the next kind of thing. So, you know, if you're Wings for Kids as an organization, what are you thinking about? What matters to you right now that is sort of the next sort of body of work um, that you're engaged in?
0: Yeah, and I mean, I think a lot of it is post-COVID right? Because the need for social and emotional learning has just skyrocketed and kids have experienced trauma and emotions that we never really thought that they would. So for us, it's getting, trying to catch up to that and finding the kids that need us. And what we've always been looking to reach every kid, as many kids as possible, but now it's finding the kids that post that COVID really impacted. And how can we get there? And we have to think about different delivery methods too, because we can only run so many programs. We run programs in the Southeast. We do Atlanta, Charlotte, Columbia, and Charleston, um, South Carolina. And there are so many more kids that are suffering post-COVID. So looking at new delivery methods, um, and we are now really engaging in more digital. So we have a full learning management system that you could log on and do WINGS from an online system and get everything from us that you need. And that is something that we really are finishing literally like this week and pushing out there to help more and more kids in that way. So the teachers, if we can't get there in person and we can't you know, run a program, how else can we get the kids that really need us post-COVID? And that digital side, I think is really important. And we learned that with the Discovery Partnership. Um, we established our Discovery Partnership. So it's Disco- Discovery Education, which was of the Discovery Channel. And now they're in about 60% of districts. They We established our relationship in 2019 to take Wings's material and get it in a new digital format to get to more kids. Well, we didn't realize what was coming. And so we actually finished up a lot of our resources by about January 2020. Right so we had a vision, right? <laughs> it was almost like people say, oh, how'd you know? We didn't uh, know
1: serendipity but. is amazing, isn't <laughs> right. it? Right.
0: And so we had these a goal of honestly reaching 1.5 million kids, 500 thousand kids a year with a three-year project. And we're on when March 2020 came, Discovery had so many teachers and districts saying, like, what well, we are in trouble. We need social and emotional learning. And luckily they were able to say, actually we just created a prod a program here. And so we've actually reached 4.2 million with that. Wow.
1: So Congratulations. to me, that says, like, yeah.
0: thanks. And but that says to me, like, that's what's next. Like we were able to do that. And we want to do it in a way that's impactful so like and that's why we've always been you know grounded in research so to me it's figuring out how to keep that number growing yeah. and doing it in an impactful way
1: yeah absolutely and figuring out how how at scale because at some point that scale is going to um to be bigger than that, obviously, but also it's going to be global in terms of the way that it works, right? And so how do you how do you deal with that? How do you deal with the different cultures, different languages? So, you know, I would argue it's a fabulous problem for you to have um, trying to figure out sort of what those next pieces and those next steps are. Yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, we're always, it's the fun part. That's why I'm still here. Every year yeah. it's something new, figuring out how to grow. Exactly.
1: Well, I always like to close the program by recognizing that folks that are listening to this, they're thinking about a lot of different things and about the way that they would take and approach this. And I guess that, you know, one of the things that's super useful um, as part of this conversation is in recognizing that, you know, I'm this classroom teacher, I may be all on my own in a particular district, we may be all struggling with these very things, and I'd like to get started, and I'd like to reach out, and I can go to all of those resources. But as an individual instructor, whether it's informal or an informal sort of space, it, sometimes the getting started is the daunting part. So Mm -hmm. what what recommendation would you have for our listeners about, hey, you want to go down this road, you want to find out more, and you're willing to roll up your sleeves and do the work. What should somebody be thinking about as they they sort of um, launch themselves on this journey uh, with Wings for Kids?
0: I mean, I think the first thing is it's not as hard as people think it is. It's really not. Um, And so setting the mindset of like, This can be done. This isn't something that's extra. This is not going to provide a lot of stress for me. In the end, it will help, right? So what, you know, one of our biggest indicators on our research was that behavior improved. So if I'm a teacher and uh, there's a lot going on post-COVID, you know, there's emotions, there's behavior of kids that weren't in the classroom for a year. And it's hard to teach when you have all that going on. Focusing on this piece, the social and emotional side will actually help control that. It'll help control the emotions within the classroom. So it's going to make the job easier. So I think having that mindset of like, I can do this and actually it's going to make the job easier and my kids are going to benefit rather than kind of how am I ever going to fit this in? I think that's the first thing. It's just that mindset shift. And then knowing that if you do engage with WINGS and reach out like, We've been doing this for, you know, this long and we're there to help. And, you know, the words to live by that I mentioned, one of the the thing that we say every day with the kids, um, one of the big words from that is support, you know, and that's what WINGS is about. So if somebody were to want to engage in this, WINGS would be supportive. That's the big word that we are. And I can just
1: promise that. I love that very much. So, And I think that everybody uh, will appreciate uh, knowing that, that that possibility is out there for them. So I want to thank you very much, Bridget, for making time out of your day to share what's going on with Definitely. Wings for Kids. Uh, we will make sure uh, to all of our listeners um, in the show notes, we'll post all the resources that you heard uh, Bridget made reference to. And so I would encourage you that um, you know take a look at the program if it looks like it's gonna be a great fit for you to reach out and get some of that support. So thank you so much. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining us for Learning Unboxed, conversation about teaching, learning, and the future of work. I want to thank my guests and encourage you all to be part of the conversation. Meet me on social media at Annalise Corbin and join me next time as we stand up, step back, and lean in to reimagine education.